My Favorite Theorem. I'm Kevin Knudsen, professor of mathematics at the University of Florida. I'm flying solo in this episode. I'm at the um, Geometry in Gerrymandering workshop being held at Tufts, sponsored by the Metric Geometry... What is it? Metric Geometry, Metric Geometry and, gerrymandering and Gerrymandering Group, the MGGG. It's been a fantastic week. And uh, I'm, I'm without my co-host, Evelyn Lamb, in this episode because I'm on location. And I'm currently sitting in the lobby of my bed and breakfast uh, with my very old friend, not old as in age, just going way back friend, uh, Jen Nielsen-Cleland. Hi, Kevin. Thanks very much for having me. So you're at the University of Colorado, yes? University of Colorado at Boulder, yeah. yes. Yeah, tell everyone about yourself a little bit. Well, um, as you said, we're old friends. We go all the way back to grad school, Indeed. which is... Let's maybe, not say how long. <laughs> let's not say how long. No, that's a good idea. Um, so I... We, we went to graduate school together. Mm -hmm. My area is differential geometry and applications of geometry to differential equations. Mm -hmm. I'm a professor at the University of Colorado in Boulder, yep. uh, and I'm also really enjoying this gerrymandering conference, and I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, let's see if we can solve that problem. <laughs> okay. Although, as we learned today, it appears to be NP-hard. Right. <laughs> which, uh, that shouldn't be surprising in some sense, right? But anyway, hey, let's put math to work for democracy. Whether we solve the problem or not, maybe we can make it better. So, I know your favorite theorem, but, uh, but, but why don't you tell our, our listeners, uh, what's your favorite theorem? My favorite theorem is the Gauss-Binet theorem. That's awesome, because if, you've, if anybody's gone to our Facebook page, My Favorite Theorem, or our Twitter feed, at uh, MyFaveThm, T-H-M, uh, the banner picture, the theorem stated there is the Gauss-Binet theorem. And that was, that was accidental. I just thought the statement looked cool. Yeah, and when I first looked at your page, I saw that, and mm -hmm. I thought, well, I guess my favorite theorem is already taken since it's your banner page. So I was really excited to hear that I could talk about it. No, no, no. In fact, uh, I was doing one last week, and, and the person mentioned they might do Gaspinet. I said, no, 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 no. I, I have I have an expert on Gaspinet uh, who's, who's, who's going to do it for us. So why don't you tell everyone what Gaspinet is? All right. So <laughs> Gaspinet. Uh, is about a relationship between, so, so it, it's in differential geometry, mm -hmm. it comes from the geometry of surfaces, mm -hmm. and you can start with just surfaces in three-dimensional space that are easy to visualize, and there are several notions of curvature for surfaces. Okay. One of these notions is called the Gauss curvature, mm -hmm. and roughly it measures whether a surface is bowl-shaped or saddle-shaped. So if the Gauss mm. curvature is positive, then you think your surface looks more like a bowl, like a sphere mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. the prototypical example of positive Gauss curvature. Mm -hmm. If your curvature, if your, the Gauss curvature is negative, then your surface is shaped more like a saddle. Mm -hmm. And if the Gauss curvature is zero, then you think your surface, well, the prototypical example is a plane, mm -hmm. a surface that's flat. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in fact, this is a notion that's metrically invariant, which means that mm. if you take a surface and you bend it without stretching it, mm -hmm. you won't change the Gauss curvature. Okay. So for instance, I could take a flat piece of paper mm -hmm. and wrap it up into a cylinder. Yes. And since that doesn't change dis how I measure distance, at least small distances mm -hmm. on that piece of paper, mm -hmm. a cylinder actually also has Gauss curvature zero. So this is a global condition? No, it's, 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 it, local. it's okay. local. It's local. Right. It, it's, it's a function. Function on the surface, mm -hmm. so at every point you can mm -hmm. talk about the Gauss curvature at a point. So, of course, the examples I've given you, the sphere, mm -hmm. the plane, mm -hmm. those are surfaces where the Gauss curvature is constant. Sure. But on most surfaces, this is a function where it varies from point to point. Right, so like on a donut, I guess, on a torus, so on the inside it would be negative, right? Right. But on the outside... 
that that's it's exactly sort of, right, and that's a great example. Okay. We're going to come back to the example okay. of, Good. Of, of a Taurus. Good. Okay. So. On the, at the other extreme for surfaces, and in particular compact surfaces, you have topology, which is mm -hmm. your area. Yeah. Uh, and there's a fundamental invariant of surfaces called the Euler characteristic. Yes. Um, and the way you compute this is really fun. You draw a graph, which the mathematical notion of a graph is basically you have points, which are called vertices. Mm -hmm. You have edges joining your vertices. Mm -hmm. And then you have regions that are enclosed by these edges called faces. Yes. And if you take a surface, you can draw a graph on it any way you like. You count the number of vertices, V, mm -hmm. the number of edges, E, mm -hmm. and the number of faces, F. Yep. You compute the number V minus E plus F. Yep. And no matter how you drew your graph, that number will be the same for any graph on a given surface. Which is remarkable enough. That's remarkable. Right. That's, yeah. that, that's hugely remarkable. That, that's a very famous theorem that mm -hmm. makes this number a topological invariant. Yeah. So, for instance, the Euler characteristic of a sphere is 2. Mm -hmm. The Euler characteristic of the donut is 0. Yes. If you were to take, say, a donut with multiple holes, mm -hmm. um, my son really loves these things called two-tone knots that are like doubly torish okay. nice, donuts. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, those would a, a two-tone has a Euler characteristic of minus two. Yes. And generally, the more holes you add, the more negative the Euler characteristic gets. Right. So, so the formula I'll even say it is two minus two times the number of holes. That's correct. Two minus two g. Yes. Right. And, and that's for compact surfaces. For compact surfaces. Yes. If you have non-compact, it gets a little more complicated. Yes. But anyway, the Gauss-Binet theorem, in its simplest form, let me just state it for compact surfaces. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried about boundary. Mm -hmm. It says that if you take the Gauss curvature, which yep. is this function, mm -hmm. and you integrate that function over the surface, mm -hmm. the number that you get is 2 pi times the Euler characteristic. I know. This blew my mind the first the, time I saw it. This yeah. is an incredible yeah. relationship, a very surprising relationship between geometry and topology. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for instance, if you take your surface and you wiggle it, you bend it, you mm -hmm. can change that Gauss curvature function a lot. Sure. You can, you know, you can introduce all sorts of wiggles in it from point to point. But what mm -hmm. this theorem says is that however you do that, all those wiggles have to cancel out. Right. Because you have the integral of that that function mm -hmm. does not change mm -hmm. if you wiggle the surface. And right. It's this, it, it's this absolutely incredible fact. Right. That's very cool. So, so for example, to take a sphere, I mean, so so we would get um, uh, what four pi four is the pi. answer, right? Four mm -hmm. pi is the answer, right? So, um, and, but you know, a sphere has constant sectional curvature. Well, what, one. one. Let's call right. it one, right? Yeah. I, I guess. Can you change that? You can, right? You can. Sure. Yeah. Right. That's right. So okay. So so, but if you maybe stretch it into an ellipsoid. Right? Mm -hmm. The curvature is still going to be positive everywhere, but it's going to be really steep at the pointy ends, right? but sort of flatter in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so in a way you can kind of, I mean, the, the way I always sort of visualized this was this, that, yeah, you might bend and stretch, which topologists don't care about. Mm -hmm. And and that this this integral, you know, the way we think about integrals is they're just big sums, right? And so you've, 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 you've increased some of the numbers, but decreased some of the others. That's and right. And so it still should just sort of, as you say, cancel out. I mean, not only that, this number is scale invariant. So uh -huh. if you take a big sphere versus yep. a small sphere, right. a bigger sphere has more area, but, but the absolute value of the curvature function is smaller. Yes, And so those right. things cancel, cancel out right. so that the integral remains for right. pi. Right, so the surface of the Earth, for example, we can't really see the curvature. Right. But it is curved. It is curved, and, and the area yeah. is so big yeah. that the air, the integral of that very small function over that very large area would still yeah. be 4 pi. Right. So on the donut, right, we're getting this cancellation. Right? On the inside, right. it's, it's negative, and then it's, it's going to be zero in some places, too, and it's positive on the outside. Right. 
Right. That, that, that's really the amazing thing about the donut, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of this unique surface where you get zero. So this yeah. is exactly right. You have this outer part of the donut where mm-hmm. the Gauss curvature is positive, the inner part where it's negative, and no matter what you do to your donut, with how irregularly shaped you make it, just the mm-hmm. fact that it's donut shaped mm-hmm. means that those regions of positive and negative curvature exactly cancel each other out. Wow. That's, yeah. This is really, it's a remarkable theorem. The great connection between geometry Topology. Do you want to talk about the non-compact case? Uh, okay, so this also gets interesting for surfaces with boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually starts, um, when I teach this in a differential geometry class, where this starts is a very classical idea. It's called the angle excess theorem. Okay. And this goes back to Euclidean geometry. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows in flat Euclidean geometry, if you draw a triangle, mm-hmm. what's the sum of the angles inside the triangle? Yeah. 180 degrees, 180 degrees right. pi, depending on whether you want to work in degrees or radians. Yeah. This is a consequence of the parallel postulate. And um, you know, in the history of developing non-Euclidean geometry, what happened is people had developed alternate ideas of geometry with alternate versions of the parallel postulate. Right. So in spherical geometry, if you draw... So imagine you draw a triangle on a sphere. Mm-hmm. Say you've got a globe. Yep. Take a triangle with points... One vertex is at the North Pole, Mm -hmm. and two vertices are at the equator. Mm -hmm. Say you've moved a quarter of the way around the circle. And the straight lines Mm -hmm. in this geometry are great circles. So draw a triangle between those three points with Mm -hmm. great circles. That's a triangle with three right angles. That's right, 270 degrees. 270 degrees. What the angle excess theorem says is that the difference in that... Mm -hmm. So we need to use radians. Mm -hmm. So... That has three pi over two angles mm-hmm. instead of pi. Mm-hmm. It says that the difference between those two numbers mm-hmm. is the integral of the Gauss curvature over that triangle. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Okay, I believe that. All right. Okay. Yep. So, and, and just as we were saying, for a sphere, the total Gauss curvature integral is four pi. Mm-hmm. This triangle I've just described takes up an eighth of the sphere. Yes. It's one octant, so it's oh. so its area is pi over two. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. that's the integral of its Gauss curvature, and that's why the difference in the sum of those angles yeah. and pi is pi over 2. Okay, very cool. Um, All right. So that's where this theorem starts. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the way you, so the way you prove the angle excess theorem, basically it boils down to Green's theorem, mm-hmm. which I was very excited to hear Amy Wilkinson talk about in, yeah, in right. one of your previous yeah. ep- episodes. Yeah. Um, it's really just Green's theorem to prove the angle excess theorem. Okay, sure. And then from there, the way you prove the global Gauss-Binet theorem is you triangulate your surface. Mm -hmm. You cut it up into geodesic triangles. Mm -hmm. You apply the angle excess theorem to each of those triangles. You add them all up and you count very carefully based on the graph you have drawn Mm -hmm. of of triangles. Mm -hmm. How many vertices, how many edges, how many faces. And when you count carefully, the Euler characteristic pops out on the other side. Right, okay. Okay. Um, so it's Good. this very neat combination of classical things, mm-hmm. the angle excess theorem, and mm-hmm. combinatorics. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's fun teaching an undergraduate course when you tell them counting is hard. It is hard, and, and they don't believe you until you show oh, them the ways count. it's hard. Yeah, there's no way I, I can't count. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a really fun theorem to do with students, and it's kind of the culmination of the differential geometry class that I teach mm-hmm. uh, for undergraduates, and I spend the whole semester saying, just wait till we get to Gauss-Binet, you're going to think this is really cool, and yeah. when we get there, it really does live up to the hype, yeah. they're, they're really excited by it. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so this leads to the question, so we, 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 like, to, we like to pair our theorems with, with something, 
Um, what, what have you chosen to pair the Gaspinet theorem with? Well, the obvious thing would be donuts. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and in fact, I do sometimes bring in donuts to class mm -hmm. um, to celebrate the end of the class. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is such a culminating theorem. I really yeah. wanted to pair it with something celebratory, like, right. a, like a fireworks display or some sort of very okay. celebratory piece of music. I can get on with that because, I mean, it's true. Donuts seem awfully pedestrian. They, they, they do. The, yeah. Donuts are great because of the content of the theorem, but they're right. a little too pedestrian. Okay. It needs to be something more dramatic. So a fireworks display with... with, with what what eighteen twelve overture or yeah, something like that? Like just like really like this is the end like yeah bang. I, th I think it deserves bang. the eighteen twelve overture. That's a really good one. Okay, and maybe maybe we'll try to get that into the, into the oh podcast. that would be great. A nice public domain thing. To, you know, I can find it to, to do that. to give our guests um, a chance to, to plug something. So you published a book recently? I did. Yeah. I recently published a book. It's called From Frenet to Carton, The Method of Moving Frames. Very cool. It's published in the American Math Society's graduate series. Mm -hmm. And it's basically intended to be a second course in differential geometry. Okay. So for advanced undergraduates or beginning graduate students who have had a first course on curves and surfaces, mm -hmm. Um, hopefully it's accessible at that level. And it was really fun. It largely grew out of working with students doing independent study. So mm -hmm. I really in wrote this book in a way that's intended to be very student-friendly. Mm -hmm. It's kind of informal in style and written the way I would talk to a student in my office. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm very happy with how it came out. So if this is a topic that's interesting to any of your listeners, check it out. That's great. You know, I, so I took Curves and Surfaces from your advisor, mm -hmm. uh, Robert Bryant, who's a the nicest guy you're going to meet. Oh, he's wonderful. Everybody loves Robert. And, um, yeah, that was the last differential geometry course I took, so maybe I should read your book. Well, actually, <laughs> let, let, let me give him credit, too. Yeah. Where, where this originally came from, uh -huh. uh, when I was a new Ph.D., mm -hmm. well, relatively new, three mm -hmm. years post-Ph.D., Robert mm -hmm. invited me to give a series of graduate lectures mm -hmm. with him at mm -hmm. MSRI, uh -huh. and this book grew out of notes that I wrote for that workshop many, many yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and Robert, when I very naively said mm -hmm. to him, you know, I have all these lecture notes. I should turn them into a book. Yeah. And Robert, having written a book, should have laughed at me. You but instead of that, he said, yeah, you should. You should, yeah. And it became a back burner project for a long time. For, for but, more than a decade, probably. But um, yeah. yeah. Well, um, But it okay. eventually just, I've had so much fun working with students on this sure. project. Sure, sure. You know, I've written two books, and it's really, I don't know, it, it's so much work. You know, you, you, you don't do it for the money. No, you really don't do it for the money. That's for sure. Um, but and and of course, it's it's great that you had such a model in Robert. I mean, yeah. as a teacher and a, as an expositor, just really, yeah, I count myself extremely yeah. fortunate to yeah. have had him as my He's advisor. Really great. All right. Well, Jen, this has been fun. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for listening to my favorite theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Lamb. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chao Nguyen. You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats, at Kevin's website, kpknudsen.com, 
and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at NivikNazdunk, that's Kevin spelled backwards followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M. That's at my favorite theorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics.